everybody. Welcome to our podcast, Live Him Out. Our goal here is to educate and motivate God's people to live out their faith. Today, I'm excited to have Brianna Vandenberg with me. We're going to be talking about how to have a gospel-centered home. So, welcome to our podcast, Live Him Out. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. So, I'm excited to have Brianna again with me today. And uh, it's not often that her and I just sit down here at the podcast table, but we are. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Brianna is uh, mine and Heather's oldest daughter. So, Brianna, tell us about your family today because you have your own family. Yes. So, who who do you have? What has God blessed you with? Yes. So, I am married to Caleb, uh, the worship leader here, and we have three kids. Ashton, who's four, Grayson is two, and Kaylee just turned one. So, two boys and a girl. Okay. A lot of activity, yes. a lot of energy, children under five. Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So um, it's very relevant then to talk about uh, how to have a gospel-centered home. So uh, that was mine and Heather's desire mm-hmm. as well. And now you're getting a chance to live that out in your own uh, life today. Yeah. It's very interesting because uh, Heather and I were doing that uh, in the 90s, in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. We had all of our kids in the 90s, and then we raised them throughout the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But here you are in the 2020s yes. having <laughs> children, and times have changed. And so, Yeah, they have. And, <clears throat> and, and what that looks like, it's still the same gospel. Right. But it's a very different culture. So the yes. pressures are different, and uh, the way we do that, uh, may even look a little different. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm. That's the part I'm excited about today because we're going to talk about some principles that don't change, but we're going to talk about some application maybe that has and yeah. some things that that we did that maybe you do differently today. And and uh, at the same time, I want to also uh, talk today about what it looks like now on the other side of that because mm-hmm. I, I recognize that not everybody who's listening or watching uh, has young children. Some have older children. They have teenagers. Um, Some have no one in the home, like Heather and I now. There's no Mm -hmm. children at home. Some are pre all of that. Maybe they're not married yet, or maybe they're married but don't have any children. I want to be able to talk across the board to all of that today. I think the Bible has much to say about uh, the home, Mm -hmm. the importance of the home. And our goal as believers is to have a gospel-centered home where Jesus is, is glorified in the home. So an interesting thing has happened in, in culture over time. And it's one of those things I think it's, it's slowly happened. It probably mm-hmm. was never anyone's intention, but it has occurred. And it is this, that the home, though once was the place of or the center for uh, teaching and training and uh, nutrition and industry and faith, that, that all happened in the home. Right. Uh, you remember hearing stories of of my mom, uh, mm-hmm. grandma, yeah, and her growing up in um, little little home, and yeah. did they grew their own food, educate yep. at home? Yep, they did all of that, and and now you're wishing she was here to give you some of those skills. Yes, <laughs> a lot. Um, <clears throat> so that was a time, and. But then I think what has happened over time is that we have, the home has gotten to be this place where we uh, farm out basically for all of those things. Mm-hmm. So we, we look to professionals for that. We, we, we look for education. We want someone to professionally educate 
our children. Mm-hmm. We want to uh, go to food places that <laughs> provide food for us. <laughs> right. Me one. Um, <laughs> you know, we want to go to uh, places where we can get medical help. We go to places for industry. We go through, mm-hmm. you know, even people look to the church to be the one as the professionals who train their children. So you farm out all these things and look for the professionals to provide all of these compartmentalized areas of life. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a subtle thing, but it has a, a powerful impact mm-hmm. over time. You, you get this thing where education is separate from faith, separate from business, separate from um, food and prep and health. All these, now you have these compartments. Yep. And so, uh, I think what has happened then over time is you lose the concept of the home being the center of those things. Yeah, because now home is more like, whew, I, I've been going and doing everything else. Now I just need to kick back and relax yes. a little bit and be off duty. Exactly. And, and so, yeah, that's what the home becomes. I want to I want to rest. I want to play. I just want to, you know, unplug or plug in to yeah, recharge, yeah. whatever, whatever it is. And then... Right. And then we don't do those things that actually the home was designed to be the place yeah. for. So uh, I think some of that, you, you, it's easy then to lose things like uh, the family dinner table. Mm-hmm. I know that was something we worked hard at when y'all yes. were young. And, and it, it was a pull. You know, there's, there's schedules and there's life and it's busy and it's difficult. Because there's five of us. There were. When, yeah. when, when Heather and I were having our children, we ultimately had five. And all the 90s, and so um, they spanned from, you know, zero to 10 in that time. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a lot. There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to schedule and get everyone together. But for us, that was always important, having a family meal time. It was mm-hmm. kind of that one um, part of the day where we were all going to be at the table together. But that's it's easy to be lost, the family, the family meal time, the family mm-hmm. game time, the family worship time, the family preparing a meal together time, mm-hmm. the family working together, all of that gets lost. And uh, when you do that, you start to erode some of the the foundation of what the home was meant to be. Right. Uh, and I think we're, we're seeing some of the effects of that, obviously, in mm-hmm. the culture today. Whenever you begin to remove faith, especially from each of the areas and you rely upon the professionals to provide it, then you, you, you see... Uh, an eroding of the home, an eroding of the culture at that right. point. You know, it even happens um, to the church. Of course, we're on staff now at a church, mm-hmm. and and our goal is to uh, make disciples. Um, but it's mm-hmm. easy to think of the church as the one who does the task of even training children mm-hmm. in faith. Yeah. Um, and to say, I'm going to, instead, I'm going to let our home be the place where we uh, teach and train our our children. I'm going to let the professionals do that. Yeah, well, and even even for us as adults, we we can think I'm going to go to church and they'll tell me what the Bible says and they'll tell me you know mm-hmm. instead of because even at at home with or without children that can still be home that is home based for us to grow in our faith to get out our own Bibles to to true. feed ourselves. Yeah, that's true. So if we go back to Old Testament, God is setting up some of the parameters and the foundations of what, here's what life looks like. Here's what it looks like to be the people of God. Here's what it looks like to be different than the world and the other religions. And uh, he establishes, of course, his laws. And he gives those laws uh, through Moses. And as he's doing that, he not only gives 
religious laws. He gives laws for life. And, you know, you read through Deuteronomy and some of the other books in the Old Testament, and you find these very practical day-to-day living laws, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them that applies to our conversation today is from Deuteronomy 6, uh, and 6 and 7 specifically. And this is just after uh, God has told Moses that that here here is the greatest commandment, you know, to to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says, and, and the things that I'm telling you today, this is from Deuteronomy 6, he said, these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Mm-hmm. You could probably camp out there for just a moment, but that's, that's important too. It's in your heart. It's not just in your mind. It's not just in your um, religious experiment, experiences, mm-hmm. in your heart. And he says, and you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Now, that, that sounds like home. That right. sounds like life. That's, Every, yep. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, at, I'm sitting at home. I'm, I'm walking by the way. I'm lying down. I'm rising up. He's saying faith is, faith is to be a part of every element of life, mm-hmm. and more specifically out of the home. Uh, out of this place where life happens together, I'm, I'm sure that for you that that speaks loudly when you think about three kids. And- yeah. So, and I I stay at home. I'm a stay at home mom with the kids. So, a lot of well, all of the day is it's everyday things. It's laundry. It's cooking. It's cleaning. It's mm-hmm. changing diapers. It's solving fights with the kids. Yeah. It's it's a lot of everyday things. But we are called to bring the gospel and God's ways into every aspect yeah. of life. Yeah. On, on your way to the washing machine, on the, on the way back from the dryer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. On, the, on the way to the kitchen, on the way to the bathroom, on the way to the kid's room, on the way to Walmart, whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. In all those areas. So I, I've, I've just always been struck by the fact that the home then begins to be the place where God says, here's where, here's where faith uh, comes alive for your children. Here's if you want to have the the most profound impact on your children and ex, mm-hmm. and then move on to the next generation. Don't rely upon a religious institution to be the one that drives home faith. The home is that place, yeah. and, and you as parents are the most uh, profound teachers uh, on your children. It will be passed on in their lives based on what happens in the home. Yeah, because they. If you are a you know claiming to be a believer of Jesus Christ, your kids have a front row seat yeah. to your life, they, yeah. and they see <laughs> they see you fail. They see you know they see where you turn whenever yeah. things are hard. They see the encouragement. They see the love. They see forgiveness. They get to see all of that up close. Of, okay, this is what it looks like. Yep, and it and from a frightening standpoint to a parent, you know this sense of ultra responsibility, this holy accountability. Yes. The believability of the faith won't be how great the church you were in, but how genuine it was in the home. Right. And that it just speaks so loudly to the responsibility we have. It is a holy calling. It is. And, and, and it's not that we've come up with this, but God established that. Mm-hmm. He's the one that said, uh, you shall teach these things diligently to your children. Yeah, and tell of his faithfulness from the generation to the next. Yeah. And this teaching is not—it's not necessarily in a desk <laughs> right. at a given time in a day. That, right. That's important too. But as as he said in, in Deuteronomy, this teaching happens 
um, when you're when you're sitting down, when you're walking, when you're lying down, when you're rising up, that all day throughout the day, faith is life, and life is faith, and they see it. I know that's important to you. I, I see your social media posts, and we talk about it. This idea that um, faith plays out. Um, you know, when I'm making biscuits in the kitchen, you know, you want to talk about that for just a moment, what that means for you in the home of how you, how you live this out in front of little children? Yeah, I, it, it, it is. I mean, like we talked about, it's, it's can be an intimidating calling that your kids are, you know, seeing how you live out every aspect and are mm-hmm. taking it all in and watching. <clears throat> and it, it's just, it's my prayer that through, with God's spirit within me that they see um, they see his his strength they see the mm-hmm. fruit of the spirit they see love they see joy they see peace right. flowing from me and there's times where that doesn't flow from me yeah. there are times that <laughs> it is frustrating that it is hard but they see they have seen me on my knees in the kitchen at times praying or they have seen me come up and say hey I'm I'm really sorry yeah. that I reacted that way. So there even I, I can even demonstrate those things of, you know, talking yeah. and forgiveness and uh even with them, even at the young age that they are. Right. And and starting to see my four year old who who will now come up to me. This has happened a few times and say, I'm sorry that I got mad. Mm. Like, wow, like <clears throat> he has seen that yeah. and heard that and now he's doing that. Mm. It's it's part it's of that training. So <clears throat> that's good. All right. So let's talk about some, some practical ways. How do we do this? How do you have a gospel centered home? How do you uh, build your home, whether you're newly married, whether you have young children, whether you have teens, or whether or not you're empty nests uh, and, and you're, you've on the other side of that, mm-hmm. what, what do you do to make sure your home is, is based uh, in a, in a gospel centered framework? Because that's, that is what needs to be restored today in the yeah. culture. That is what needs to be restored within the church even today. So uh, here's some things I think that the Bible uh, teaches and I think is an, is encouragement for us today. So I'd say, number one, in your home, <clears throat> have discussions about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, this gets intimidating yeah. because um, sometimes as parents we think, well, I don't I don't know enough. I don't have all the answers. That's why I want to rely upon the professionals, you know, to do that mm-hmm. for me at church. But there's something there's something powerful about a child seeing a parent even uh, ask a question about the faith mm-hmm. uh, and not always have all the answers. I know it was always or it was that way for us sometimes. Uh, Brianna was, uh, all of our kids came with questions, of course, about faith in the Bible, but, uh, Brianna did that a lot. Still do. Still do. She (laughs) still does. And I still don't always have all the answers. They're, they're great questions. So, and of course that for me as a dad, there was a little bit of that that I just felt like, oh, I just failed in this moment because I didn't have all the answers. So, uh, seeing that and now being on the other side of that as a parent, what, What's the value in maybe even the parent not having all the answers every time? I mean, I, I think one thing that I always really appreciated is that you were willing to listen and and to hear out my question and mm-hmm. and, and and bring some balance a lot of times to my questions. Yeah. Um, but but I, I want 
I want my kids to be able to do the same thing. Like, what does this right. verse mean? Or what is this story? And I mean, sometimes it may be like, you know, I really am not sure that is interesting. Yeah. But let's find out or let's, you know, yes. let's get something, a, a commentary mm-hmm. or let's get a book and, and try to read a little bit more or. Yeah, exactly. And that That's powerful because then the child sees mom and dad as, oh, they're a learner too in this process. Exactly. And it's okay for me to ask questions and it's okay uh, to find to look for answers and have a discussion right. about it. You know, I remember um, thinking that my goal needed to be to have set down or sit down Bible discussions with our family. So I remember wanting to have family devotions, you know, thought, well, this is important. We need to do this. So <clears throat> everybody, we're going to get up before school and we're going to eat breakfast. We're going to sit at the table and we're going to have these devotions and those were epic fails because uh, <laughs> nobody liked getting up that early. And then nobody's in that frame of mind in the morning to begin with. And uh, of course, when you span the ages of, say, you know, two to 12. I was going to say, you had some of us in junior high, and that's a whole other ballgame. <laughs> yeah. And our family wasn't big breakfast eaters to begin with. <laughs> that's true. And it's just, and so that, that was a fail and to me. It, it wasn't that having discussion about the Bible was a fail, but trying to set a specific time and make it happen a certain way. Trying to force it. Yeah. When it trying to force it. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you go back to the Deuteronomy passage that faith is to be taught, but it's to be taught in the sitting down, the rising up, the walking, the lying down, rise up, getting up. So, um, what Heather and I went to instead was a, a more, um, fluid approach maybe to life and faith. So as things are happening, we're going to talk about God. And then that also meant I had to be willing and be ready for conversation to happen at times. I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. They weren't ready at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. in the morning for that kind of thing. But I wasn't ready at 1130 p.m. when Brianna (laughs) would come walking in the room with her questions. That's when they often were. It seemed like the minute (laughs) we laid down was the minute that their minds engaged. So Mm -hmm. I had to be ready in those moments. And, and I think, you know, faith takes a more profound leap in that moment mm-hmm. when there's genuine conversation, not always having the answer, but at least a discussion about it. So, mm-hmm. again, I would say have discussion about the Bible. Uh, teach, yes, but not teach in the sense of I stand up authority and you sit down as student, but mm-hmm. we, we together, we're learning this in the home. I, I am parent. You are child, but together we're having this journey with God as father mm-hmm. in the process. So yeah, have discussions good. about the Bible, ha- have discussions about the things you do know, have discussions about the things you don't know and have be mm-hmm. okay with saying, I- I'm not sure yet, but have those discussions. Mm-hmm. Let, let the home be the place where that happens. So, And that can happen even with husband and wife. Like, yes. Too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Whether if you're at a spot when there is no child, have those discussions. Yeah. You know, I know the, you were saying home. about you and mom. Yeah, Heather and I are at a place today where we don't have children in the home, um, but we still have those same kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. We still have discussions about, you know, the message from Sunday or a verse that she read or a podcast she listened to or a podcast I listened to. And what does this mean? And what is what do you think God said this? And how do we how do we live this out? How do we apply yeah. this? What does this mean in terms of our relationships and all of that? So um, I think that's that's one of the pieces, one of the key pieces is let let the Bible become important in your home yeah. as, a, as an active 
conversation conversation that you have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And don't assume, well, I don't know enough, so I'm not going to talk about it. No, join in and get involved to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Let that drive you to want to know more. You know, if you don't, if you think you don't know enough, then open it up and dive in. Yeah. And the second thing I, we would say today that ties to this is talk about the real issues of life and seek God in them. Mm-hmm. Um, God is faithful to provide plenty of learning moments for us. They, <laughs> they happen in the way of life. They happen in the way of struggles sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's, those are the things he uses to teach us. So why would we not as parents or husbands or wives, Say, okay, here's the moment. Here's right. this situation. Here's this conflict. Here's this unanswered question. Mm-hmm. Let's use this to seek God. That, that, that helps you build a home that's truly gospel-centered. I'm going to see what God says about this moment where uh, my job is uncertain, uh, where this family situation is happening. Seek God in that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Heather and I tried to be open and honest about those things as was appropriate, you know, with our children from time to time. And there were times that um, I knew that God valued the prayers of children. (laughs) And so we would include them in some difficult decisions. I remember at one point we were, we were wanting to move to Ovilla and we had a house in Midlothian. And we only had, um, well, it was you and Holly and Hunter. Mm-hmm. We had Taylor, but she was very, very little at the point mm-hmm. at that time. And we wanted to sell this house, and timing was critical. I remember us, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we brought you all, all together, and we prayed mm-hmm. that this house would sell. Quickly. Quickly, very quickly. And um, so we prayed as a family, um, and the next morning, Someone showed up at the door, put an offer on the house, and it was done. And I thought, wow, okay, God, you heard our prayer. And in some ways, I think you wanted to make sure that our children saw this moment of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is y'all, y'all invited us into those moments, and then we were able to see. We were able to see prayers answered. We were able to be mm-hmm. a part of even <clears throat> some critical moments for our family. It's true. And when, when there weren't answers or where there was— Sometimes that we needed to rally together, but that let us see, okay, this is where you turn whenever Mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen next or you need help in this area. This is where you turn and this is what we do. We gather as a family, we pray, we seek God, and then we wait for his answer. Yeah. And I know as a parent, you know, you want to be careful. You're like, oh, I don't want my children to be afraid. I don't want them to be nervous. I'm I'm going to shield them from the struggles that we're going through. I'm going to put on a happy face and all that. I get it. But I'm, I'm just telling you, there's power in children seeing our vulnerability and including them in the process of mm-hmm. praying and seeking God because God's going to hear and God's going to answer. And boom, what a powerful way for your children that will forever be ingrained in them as God is real. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, the third one I would say with that is have times where you pray together, um, not just at meal times, and not with just a a rote prayer. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that can happen sometimes. You kind of learn a prayer and you just say that thing over and over and over every time. But there's the real power, I think, for children and, and in our home, if you're going to make it a truly gospel-based home, is you want there to be life. You want there to be authenticity. Mm-hmm. 
And so that means, you know, breaking out of that routine prayer and even if necessary, stumbling through your words before God. Yeah. Um, whether it's a husband with a wife, wife with a husband, parents with children, whatever it might be, there's value in in them hearing you pray authentically mm-hmm. to God and and connecting uh, struggle, prayer, and God. Uh, there's, it's power. It's power when you pray mm-hmm. together. Make and to moments. hear your children pray too. I mean, it's, it's true. It's it's so sweet, and you know, at, at as a four year old, he's got a lot of words. But to hear some of the things that he prays for, and mm-hmm. and the things that he thanks God for, mm-hmm. it's it's inspiring to me. Even when yeah. I hear him pray, sometimes like wow. Exactly, exactly. Well, and same again uh, for a couple. You know, for Heather and I can talk all day long, but the minute we pray together, and I hear her heart praying, right. I see her in a completely different way at that moment. I, I truly see her heart, her faith, and her life, and it changes the moment. Mm-hmm. You change the atmosphere in your home, and, and you, you truly make it a, a, a gospel-centered home. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, number four, I would say, is uh, avoid having a religious rule-based home. Now. Brina's going to present a counterpoint to this in just a moment, but it, you'll see why. Um, it's important that our homes are not just um, rule-keeping centers. It's easy to get caught up, at least it was back in the day. Maybe it's different today. We'll, we'll hear from Brianna in just a moment. Um, there was a time when it was, it felt like the pressure was to have a presentational, productional, performance-based faith. You wanted your family to look good. You know, let's all dress alike, look alike, talk alike. You go to church, look good, and and have this, our family's got it all together, look. That's easy to, to get into. And so, therefore, when that becomes the goal, then your, your, your frustration rises up a little bit when, you know, whatever child it is or children aren't doing that or situations are working in such a way. And so you get the scenario where you're on your way to church, like sit down, be quiet. And you get out of the car door. Hi, praise the Lord. How are y'all doing? You know, you get this, (laughs) this thing going on. And the thing is children see, see all of that. Mm -hmm. Children see what's happening in that. And so if you're, performance, rule-based, pressure-packed, I have to put out this front, becomes more important than anything else. Kids see that. Yeah. And it, it, I hate to say it, but it almost invalidates the faith. Right. Because they're, they're seeing it from a, a lens that says, okay, <clears throat> uh, here's, here are these people, my parents, and they're, they're one way in this group and one way in this group. And the common denominator they say is faith, but it's different. Mm-hmm. They then come up with a conclusion about this faith, whether it is something they want or not. And it, it's often based on um, what they see in the home and whether what's most genuine. Right. There. So, and the consistency. Right. Yeah. So I, I would just say in all your seeking, um, consistency is key. Genuine faith is key, mm-hmm. not just to have uh, rule-based, pressure-packed, 
faith form. Yeah. So I know you have a little bit different perspective because it's 2020 today and it's not, it's not 1997. So, well, yeah. So whenever we were first talking about this, um, what to the other end of that point, there is a balance because we are called to train our children in, in righteousness. We are called to train them in obedience. Mm-hmm. So there is still an element where there are rules or where yep. there is discipline, yep. where there are certain, you know, things that you do and don't do. Right. Um, standards. Yes. Standards. Yep. And, mm-hmm. but, but that I, I think still the consistency, they, you present that still graciously. Right. Um, but, but not just tossing out, well, then let's not do all that. Let's just only have, you know, let's just be nice. Let's just be gentle. Let's just mm-hmm. let them be who they are. That's the other side of that, that I think a right. lot of this parenting generation kind of maybe as a reaction true. To, to some of how they were raised, then mm-hmm. swung to the other end where really it needs to be somewhere yeah. in the middle. Yeah. So you're saying there's this approach then where you swing the opposite way of from rules and, and high standards to just, just Christian words, you know, grace and mercy and just accept and just let it all go and right. that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of parenting models that follow that as yep. well. A lot of processes that are even, mm-hmm. even taught today. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think some of it is from reaction from pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. But as you said, um, there does need to be a sense in which uh, there are standards. You don't, you know, stop disciplining. You don't stop pressing for righteousness and, mm-hmm. and teaching what's true. But at the same time, it can't just be about the outward form. Exactly. So, yes, uh, I think keeping it genuine, and especially if you're doing some of the other pieces, you know, you're talking about the real issues of life, you're having times of prayer together. Yeah. Uh, and they're seeing you vulnerable, uh, but not just, you know, fake and, you know, pretending in one environment and not the other. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. And I, I agree. I think um, that finding that place of sincerity and authenticity in the home is, is the real, is the real goal. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, number four. Number five on the list today is in your home, play music, movies, and media that reinforce a gospel-centered home. Yeah. Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, all all day, every day has to only be Christian music and only Christian movies. Um, it's okay to watch some other stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, or listen to some other things, but... If your home is the place that has the greatest impact, then why would you not want to have that as a place where worship music played? You know, right. um, you know some of the songs that are being played at church, or that the kids know, or that the kids enjoy, that reinforce faith. Why not reinforce those in the home because uh, they're also powerful as helping us teach and helping us mm-hmm. learn and helping us put into our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. Right. We'll sing. So having and, and it helps our kids not compartmentalize everything too. It's such an important part. It brings everything like, hey, this is this is a part of our life every day. This yeah. is, you know, we don't have church music and home music. We right. don't have, you True. know, church lessons and then other entertainment other things. Uh again, not <clears throat> that you can't ever watch anything other than right. but but yeah, why wouldn't you want to do that where everything is is blended and reinforced? Like this is 
you know, if I see a show and it's reinforcing, they're praying in it, they're doing the things we're talking about. And there are great resources out there for that. Yeah. And, and and if there's, you know, if it's not necessarily a Christian movie, why not use that as an opportunity to talk about, okay, what does it say about life? What does it say about, you know, what, what did you see here about honesty or Mm-hmm. devotion or sacrifice. And, and I remember you doing that with the matrix with some oh, Spider-Man yeah. movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, we would have some good, like biblical family discussions <laughs> yeah. uh, based on the plots of these movies. That's true. So that's an option too. That's true. That's true. Again, it kind of goes back to this idea that when you, when you rise up and you lie down, when you walk by the way, when you sit and, Sitting is one of those things you do when you're watching a movie. So, <laughs> That's true. You know, use all these moments. Use whatever yeah. media. Use whatever you must to teach and reinforce a gospel-centered home. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, number six is for mom and dad or husband and wife to seek to look like the gospel. the The New Testament says that the loudest presentation of the gospel is a husband and wife. A husband looking like Jesus to his wife, laying his life down for his wife. Uh, and then a wife seeing her husband in the same way the church responds to Christ. So that's the that's the powerful picture. Uh, it, right. Again, it comes back to the home. It comes back to family. It comes back to relationships. It comes back to here's the icon. It comes back here's here's the most influential, powerful piece to shape your children's perception of the gospel it won't be just what they hear at church or what they mm-hmm. found at youth camp or what they found in a classroom, but it'll be what happens in a home. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, mom and dad, husband and wife, learning to do that is powerful. It's probably the most loudest thing spoken, though might be the least said, <laughs> just the yeah. actions right. between a couple. But then everything that comes out of their mouth reinforces that message. Yeah, so, and, and even... For couples who don't have children in your home, your your marriage still speaks to people who you work with, people True. in your church, like people people observe and yep. people see, and and that is a very uh, an awesome picture that we get to it is. bear that image and we get to show that to the world. This is what yeah. the gospel looks like. Yeah, and, and the thing is, um, that message is being spoken whether you intend for it to or not. That's true. Uh, your children and others are picking up on, ultimately, whether you say it or not, they're picking up on how God loves us and how we are to love God. Mm-hmm. And a, a husband and wife are that model. They, they mm-hmm. paint that picture uh, in a home, in a family, in a community as well. All right, um, number seven. Um is a fun one for me because this was this was always uh, the goal that Heather and I had. Let your home be the best place on earth to be. If your home is going to be a gospel-centered home, then why would it not? Why would you not want it to be the best place on earth to be? The the place that you your kids think, man, it was fun to go here, but I can't wait to get back home. Mm-hmm. Not that there's not other fun things out there, but. I'll, we, Heather and I, always wanted our, our home to be the place where we laughed and we loved and we cried and faith was real. And I want, so I'm thinking of, you know, I'm thinking of games. I'm thinking of conversations. I'm thinking of activities because I wanted our home to be that place. I wanted it to be the place our kids thought, this is awesome. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to be there. So, well, and still is because you still have five kids and nine grandkids that show up every That's day. true. That's true. And, and we love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. 
because uh, I know there's obviously love is 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 happening there in that setting, mm-hmm. but eternity is being shaped in that setting as well. That's um, right. The gospel shows up in a home setting in how you live. So uh, let that drive your home. And then the last one um, is see your home as the greatest disciple-making place on earth. Again, yeah. it's one of those things we normally think of the church as, well, they're, they're the ones who are called to make disciples. Well, the church as a whole is called to go there for and make disciples. But part of that going has to start in the home. Mm-hmm. Have, there's no greater place to impact future generations and countless, countless people than in the home. So mm-hmm. it's there that disciples are truly made. It's there that we teach and we love and we pray and we weep and we laugh that all of that happens. So, um, again, I think perspective is, is fascinating. Time is fascinating. So knowing these, what does all this look like for you? Again, with three littles at home mm-hmm. and husband working in ministry, what does this look like for you? How does it play out in your home? Yeah, I I want our home, like my desire, my prayer is that our home is a, a small picture of heaven mm-hmm. on earth. Love it. Yeah. That that it's a place where they can experience all that is offered in the gospel, mm-hmm. forgiveness and love, acceptance, training, mm-hmm. um, discipline. That's, that's also part of the gospel, it is. shaping, it is. Uh, growing, and that that's a place that, that they then become passionate followers of Christ mm-hmm. and that we get to be one. That is a calling that God uses us as parents as a tool to shape them. Yeah. And, and it's an honor. It's a privilege. It's a weighty calling, yeah. but it's one that I'm, I'm honored to have, mm-hmm. and, and I want to steward that gift well. Yeah, and so uh, it doesn't, doesn't mean you sit down and have long discussions about theology with no. your children. <laughs> we don't sit down long, really, <laughs> or ever, or anything. <laughs> no. Sensory bins, not a thing at our house. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and kind of just weaving that in to, to little things, even even moments of discipline mm. where, where you're saying, you know, like one one thing that Ashton says is like, oh, I, I ask him, why you got to stop acting like this? And mm-hmm. he said, well, I, I need to go change my batteries. And, and as I was thinking about that, I went back in his room and, and just explained like, you know, it's, it's not that your batteries need to be changed. Mm -hmm. It's our, our heart. God has to give us a new heart. When Mm -hmm. Jesus comes to our heart, he produces the Holy spirit. So it's like, it's little things like that, that Mm -hmm. you, you plant those seeds. You even can find those teaching moments Mm -hmm. just throughout your day, throughout discipline and uh, throughout love and throughout the fun and the games and things that you do. Yeah, it's good. So I love that idea of uh, making home uh, a little piece of heaven on earth. Yes. It's good. And that's consistent. You know, Jesus says to pray, um, uh, Lord, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. So that's, that's what we're wanting to create in our home. So for Heather and I, again, it looks a lot different today because uh, no children at home. Uh, grandchildren are back over sometimes and, and kids are back over sometimes. But um, we still see our home as the place where we want to discuss scripture uh, and discuss life. Uh, that used to be a big thing for us at family events and holidays. 
it's it's more difficult now with nine littles running That's around. <laughs> but um, so it's it's different. We we don't we don't not do that. We just have to do that differently today. In smaller pockets. Smaller, yeah, smaller yeah. groups. So uh, our home is still that. Uh, we use it as as home base uh, for us. It's the place where we talk about life and faith, and we pray together, and we weep together, and we laugh together. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's just Heather and I, and or when it's us and any one of the other kids that come over, or or friends, or members of our church, whoever it is, we still use our home for that. We still want our home to be gospel centered. It, it's mm-hmm. the outflow. It's the place where life happens. It's not just a retreat. It's not a place where I turn off. Right. Necessarily, it's where it's where instead where I engage, and I'm building I'm building something intentionally there. Yeah. So uh, it's a it's a it's a holy calling. It's sacred today in our day to ensure that that is happening in our homes, mm-hmm. regardless of the station in life mm-hmm. we find ourselves. This is what rebuilds, I believe, a generation and rebuilds a culture and and sets our children and grandchildren up for. Uh, being used by God in the future and to have hope and to have life. So I hope that's been encouraging to you today. Um, It is our goal at Vertical Church to raise up families and children who will know the ways of God and walk and and follow Him. Uh, If the podcast has been helpful to you, I hope you will like and subscribe and keep up with what's happening at Vertical. We'd invite you to our services on Sunday at 1030. God is moving in powerful ways. We're seeing Him Uh, draw all to himself as he promised as he is lifted up so uh, it's our prayer that would be true not just for us as a church but in our homes as well as he is lifted up there that he would draw our children's hearts to himself and and change a future generation as a result of that so uh, thanks for being with us today and I appreciate Brianna being with us today as well thanks a lot thanks